welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. I'm Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons. We're days away. We're sitting here recording this on uh, it's Wednesday, Joe. It's Wednesday afternoon. Barton, at this time tomorrow, we will be counting down the moments to the civil conflict, UCF and UConn, starting our week one in proper. The great civil conflict, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> How could I have overlooked that bitter rivalry in week one? Wow, this just took on a whole new weight. Um, yeah, man, like that's uh, that. You're right. That's exciting. We're 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 hours away, and 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 I gotta be honest with you, Chip. We are also hours away from our locks oh, yeah. podcast, the first of the year, with, with where we're actually picking games. And I don't know, man. I'm a little nervous right now. Like I, I had a great year last year. I think I ended up batting like 67% until we got to the bowl, the bowl season. Um, and I feel like there's, I don't know, like I got, there's a lot to, I got to follow that up with the decent, decent year. And first slate of the season is, is scary. And, um, so it's, it's, it, this is a, this is going to be a, a, a sleepless night for me. I, I have to go. And, uh, by the way, Kenny White of Sportsline, uh, great conversation with him coming up here in just a second. I I think that I need to go and do some uh, some meditating, but also <laughs> like I need to I need to get my I need to get a good power rating system. Maybe it's just going to be like a trust don't trust list. I need to have some principles because otherwise I'm I'm liable to get caught up in chasing trends. And I think now's my last opportunity to have firm principled decisions. Well, you know, Fornelli has he this, keeps us honest well he you know he's he's the 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 math guy like he's the he's got the he's his own fornelli power ratings and he comes with the analytics and that's why he's pit betting new mexico state half the time but <laughs> I, I i'm a gut guy you know and i got a good gut and i'm not going to turn my back on my gut just because of a couple flashy power ratings here and there so i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna stick with my guns here and just go old school and see if I can run it back after a good year last year. I got a great gut, and you can clip <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, you were you did uh, a fun piece at cbssports.com. Uh, the listeners can go and check it out. Uh, it is taking a look at the quarterback position. It is the a incredible year, as we've touched on so many times during our preseason podcast. It's just an incredible year for the position. Uh, from the, the number of different schools that feel good about their quarterback, the depth of the quarterback position at some of these schools where we've got Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, certainly the possibility of, of seeing multiple quarterbacks being used. So the, the of any year, this was one where it's uh, it's – it wasn't hard to to start identifying what's the like where the key storylines are. Like you you weren't looking around like man, there's nothing interesting at the quarterback position this year. So what was what was the the conversation uh, behind the bus driver and uh, what was it? Bus driver, bus driver and fighter pilot. Bus driver and fighter pilot. Break it down. All right, well, I, I'll tell you what it was. Like it was our conversation with Danny Cannell. Like I was just thinking. I think I posed the question to him at one point. Like how. How good do you have to be to win a championship? 
And he said Nick, Nick Saban's the only one because Nick Saban didn't have stellar quarterback play for LSU in 2003, and there have been Alabama teams that did not have elite quarterback play. But what do, what does pretty yeah. much every other yeah. one require? Yeah, no, I mean, look, if, if, if you – if you and, and I and I limited this to the college ball playoffs because I think that the college ball playoffs are unique in that like all right if you can if you can sneak into some championship game and just you know have a one game showing and get it to, whatever like you can you could you could fake your way maybe but I think in the college ball playoffs just that one additional game is so big that you you can't fake your way into two wins with the level of play or level of team you have to face and so. Like when I look back at all the the quarterbacks that have played in the college ball playoffs, it's it's pretty like you don't really look at it this way until you actually dig into who who we've seen. But it's pretty like stark contrast in the fighter pilots and bus drivers. Like the bus drivers, I'll give them to you that have made the college ball playoffs: Blake Sims in twenty fourteen for Alabama, Jacob Coker in twenty fifteen for Alabama, who won a title, Jalen Hurts in twenty sixteen for Alabama. That was a that was a bus driver playoff there because there, there was JT Barrett and Jake Browning for Washington as well, and and then 2017 Jalen Hurts started, um, and I'm he's he's a bus driver to me, and then Kelly Bryant, and so then you look at the fighter pilots like 2014 Cardell Jones fourth round pick three years in the NFL he's he and and was going to be a first round pick after that season he's a fighter pilot Marcus Mariota Jameis Winston 2015 Deshaun Watson Baker Mayfield Connor Cook. 2016, Deshaun Watson. 2017, Baker Mayfield, Jake Fromm, Tua Tagovailoa. Those are fighter pilots. And so my point is, like, there's a lot of fighter pilots there, and all the the bus drivers are Bama quarterbacks, with the exception of JT Barrett, Jake Browning, and Kelly Bryant. Those guys in the in the college football playoffs lost 31 to nothing. Oh yeah, 24 to seven and 24 to six. So, like, the, it, it, you know, if you've got a bus driver at quarterback, you better have freaks everywhere. And, like, you can win with a bus driver at quarterback, but you've got to have absolute monsters, basically on defense, who are going to, like, give you short fields, score defensive touchdowns, make, like, take pressure off you as a quarterback to go and make plays. And Alabama has that basically every year. And Nick Saban's model, I mean, I know he's like they've kind of missed on quarterbacks. Not like they've done this intentionally, but their model has basically been have a guy that's not going to screw it up right. at quarterback. And so uh, against that backdrop, I looked at the top 15 of the AP and I just I just cut it off of the top 15 because I didn't want to do 50 teams. But the top 15 are kind of who I considered the national title quote contenders. And I think when you go through it, like you I, I get a kind of a better feel on who I think actually can conceivably have a national title as their ceiling. You know what I mean? So JT Daniels, like I think he's a fighter pilot. I think USC could win a title. Shea Shea Patterson, I think he's a fighter pilot. Michigan could win a title. KJ Costello at Stanford. That's a weird one. I said bus driver. I don't think they have a national title ceiling, but I could I'm leaving room to change my mind if if he develops over the course of this year. Brandon Wimbush, Ian Book, those are bus drivers without a bus driver roster around them, like, or without a without a Bama freak show roster around them. Notre Dame's good, but 
Brian Lewerke is a fighter. All right, so I think JT Daniels is in flight school. I am not ready to name him a fighter pilot. All right, that's fair. That's but fair. I've got a, like I've I am I am inherent not not inherently biased, but like my my exposure to JT Daniels has influenced. Like this isn't a this isn't a blind shot. Like my actual exposure to JT Daniels is what makes me believe like he actually is a fighter pilot right now. Right now. Yeah. Out the out the gate. And Brian Lewerke too, fighter pilot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. And so that's that. What Brian Lewerke was one that was hard. Like I kind of. Well, I mean, you I, also gave Connor. I would say Connor Cook. Well, Connor a, Cook's a fifth round NFL draft pick. Yeah. I'm, I got you. So you know what I mean? Like that's like I'm not trying to fighter pilot. To me, I didn't try to make it to where like you have to be a first rounder. Connor Cook's a fourth round NFL draft pick, actually. So I mean, but he's a, he was a dude in college. Yeah. Connor Cook was a dude. Yeah, and he's still active in the NFL. You know, so that's something. Uh, what like, I think a tougher one too. Where are you at with say, Oklahoma? Are you ready to say Kyler Murray's a fighter pilot? No, I think he's a bus driver. And does it? And and I think to that point, Oklahoma probably has Oklahoma twenty seventeen. Well, that's that's that's. Uh, that's misstated because I think Oklahoma last year probably had a national title ceiling. Like they probably could have won it. It wasn't like they r- ran up against their limitations in that championship game or that, that playoff game. But I think this year, because Kyler Murray probably isn't more than a bus driver yet, I have a hard time seeing them having a ceiling beyond the playoff, the playoff semifinals. Right. Do you remember the month of October for Oklahoma? It was like beat Baylor by eight, beat Kansas state by a touchdown. Uh, the Oklahoma State game, they ended up winning by 10, but it was close. The The Red River game against Texas, 29-24. There were a lot of breaks that went the Sooners' way. And this is – and uh, and to, but to, to that team's credit, uh, one of my favorite takes, particularly as Baker Mayfield continues to, you know, have his own – <laughs> his his own personality enlarged and the NFL at world at large gets to understand the world of Baker Mayfield. I, I love the take that Oklahoma could have beat Alabama. Like if, if the field goal doesn't the, get blocked. You love, if, you love the take meaning like that take stupid or meaning that like you believe in that take. I I <laughs> I don't endorse that take, but I like that it exists. Does that make sense? <laughs> I, I I mean, <laughs> because because ultimately, as we've any time that we've said Alabama versus whatever, especially in a big stage like that, Nick Saban ends up winning. Like it's that's your death taxes, Nick Saban moment. Um, you know, but Baker Mayfield could have been Deshaun Watson. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't think that's an irresponsible take. I don't think it's like an I, irresponsible take either. I think that yeah. like Oklahoma would have won is just something that I'm going to keep talking about for a while, as long as Baker Mayfield is popular and uh, active in the NFL. Said Baker could have done it. Uh, all right. So the, then, all right. So let's let's assume that Ohio, that Oklahoma is the same team they were last year. Obviously, they don't have Baker Mayfield, and we neither of us think that Kyler Murray is a fighter pilot right now. And even if he, so I guess the next question is: Do you could you envision a scenario by the end of the year to where Kyler Murray is a fighter pilot, or do you think he is just what he is, which will be a bus driver, albeit a little bit of a you know a more dynamic exciting bus driver maybe a bus driver with uh who who all the the kids in school have a crush on or something weird 
no, here I I do think so. The the scenario that I've played out right now is an idea where I still believe, as we've said, I, I still believe Oklahoma will win the Big Twelve championship. But I would not be surprised if Oklahoma goes into the Big Twelve championship game as the two seed, or as you know having to having be tied at the top. Like I think they are going to get got once, probably twice in the Big Twelve. But I think that like a seven and two conference record is still going to be good enough to get you into that Big Twelve championship game, and then you play continue to play it out. Kyler Murray is going to be a better quarterback at the start of December than he's going to be at the start of September. So yes, I could imagine that when we're sitting down on conference championship Saturday and that early kick is the Big Twelve game, that Kyler Murray leads them to like a forty-one to fourteen win. Okay, and. Now here's the here's the other tough one. Is Malik Rozier a? Is Malik Rozier even bus? Does he even get bus driver status? Like because look, a bus driver is not. You got to get that uh, that big rig license. You know you got to you got to you got to get your commercial driver's license. You got to be able to navigate that big rig, and you know a lot of quarterbacks can't. A lot of quarterbacks that you know you're they can't even drive the bus, and they 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 limit a team even from a playoff opportunity. A is Malik Rozier even bus driver status, and B, if he is a bus driver, like is Miami talented enough? Because they're getting there. Is Miami talented enough to where they can win with a bus driver? A national title we're talking about. If Miami knocks off Clemson in the ACC championship game in some like incredible breakthrough moment, I don't think that A. I don't think Malik Rozier is a fighter pilot, and so therefore I would think that he would suffer the same result that Kelly Bryant and Jake Browning uh, did when they got to the playoff. Okay, so you think so you think Washington or you think Miami right now from a the talent around the quarterback is similar to those teams not to the Alabama teams that have have won yes, with that they, bus driver guy. They they like Jake Browning and Malik Rogier might be the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. Right. You know, like yeah. they they both are leading in cr- like great teams, like top five, top ten, great college football teams, and both of them have some limitations. What they can do, what they can do, very very well, but there are limitations. Yeah, I'd, I would I would agree with that. And I, but I think there's a, I think that there's a world where we are pacing towards Miami potentially having the kind of talent on its roster. And I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about maybe over the next couple that you could win with a bus driver. Like there's the the people are catching, like they're getting closer to Bama. They're like I think Ohio State's there, Georgia's there in terms of the talent they're putting out, and Clemson is there. And I think there's a couple other teams that are getting closer to being able to have bus driver and still win and still win. And I think Miami's a candidate for that as well. And doesn't it seem like Mark Richt wants a bus driver? I don't know because I feel like it seems like Mark Richt is very unsettled with Malik Rozier. So uh, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, like, like not even as it relates to Malik Rozier, does, does Mark Rick kind of want a bus driver? I guess he kind of always has had that sort of guy to a certain degree, but 
I also feel like they are kind of getting a little bit restless and want someone else to take take charge and be a dynamic guy under center, and they just haven't found them yet. Who uh, was there? Anybody else that you had uh, had trouble with trying to figure out? Well, I think the probably and and in part really the motivation of this entire story is Wisconsin. And I came to a conclusion that I almost didn't expect to come to. And though that I'm not really super convicted with is that, I mean, what is, what is Alex? What, I mean, obviously we, we both think Alex Hornerbrook is a bus driver and not a fighter pilot. Right. So, but I think the, the, the trickier question is what is Wisconsin around him? Is Wisconsin around him Alabama? Like is this, I mean, because I think offensively they've got they have I think objectively the best offensive line in the country. They have objectively one of the best running backs in the country. They're improved on the outside at receiver. And so then all right, is their defense like they don't they don't trot out like waves and waves of freaks. But they got NFL guys on that side of the ball, and they're always going to be really good on defense. So I'm I'm a little bit torn on like what does Wisconsin truly have a national championship ceiling? Is that defense? Is that defense create enough short fields? Create like like depressurize things for the quarterback enough to to where they can really have that realistic expectation. Well, this is I can tell you right now that between you and Kenny and most everywhere else I'm looking and the suspensions of the wide receivers, which we've yeah. talked about a little bit, yeah. there there is nothing that is crushing my confidence in a Wisconsin college football playoff pick like all these late thoughts. So, no, I mean, like, I'm – right. So, uh, does that to, is that to say – but I'm not saying they can't get to the. I'm not saying they can or can't get to the playoffs. You predict them in the playoffs. What I want to know is, do you think they can win a national no, title? No, no, definitely not. Okay, so you think Alex Warner Brooks is a bus driver, and you think Wisconsin doesn't have a roster to win it with a bus driver yet? Correct. Okay. All right, and then I I, I want to hit you on the last two. Georgia's they got a fighter pilot and they got a big time roster, but but I think Clemson and Alabama are interesting because, and tell me if you agree with me. I think Kelly Bryant's a bus driver, and while I think they're better with Trevor Lawrence, and I've been sort of touting this that they need Trevor Lawrence to win every game, I also sort of think that they're as more so than any team in college football. They are the team that is 2015 Alabama that they can win it with a, a bus driver quarterback because they are that talented on defense, and and on the flip side. I think Alabama kind of needs Tua Tagovailoa more than they have in the past because they're just thinner on defense than they've been. Yeah, and I don't think you can just count on Bama to just boa constrictor some team and give you, you know, two scores and a and a and a red zone possession uh, with your defense like I, you can maybe yeah. in the past couple of years. I agree. I think I think that Clemson. And and doesn't even Clemson have that? Like thinking, you know, I'm thinking back to Jake Coker, for example. Like, didn't Jake Coker had Amari? Or no, did he have Calvin? Rid- was that early Calvin Ridley? Like, there's the the other part of the bus driver for Bama is that the skill position talent that you have is immense. Like, it it is phenomenal future NFL players, 
and you th- you've thrown this line out, and I, I've I've cribbed it, or maybe we both talked each other into it. But I think T Higgins is it. You know, right. like I I think he is going to be going through that Mike Williams like jump where you're like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? And if Travis Etienne is you know continues to progress, then it yeah, like the that having all of that in place and having that kind of game changing defense that is Alabama esque, and that. I totally agree with you. Clemson can win a national championship with a bus driver. Can Alabama this year? No. Yeah, let's see. Let, let's see Tua. Let's see Tua on Saturday. I don't think. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm. I'm probably digging myself in real deep with all these anti-Bama plays and anti-Bama takes. Just going to be proven wrong slowly but surely. <sighs> I guess, but I mean, I mean, yeah, like it's never smart to bet against Bama. And I don't think we are betting against Bama. Like, it, my, I'm not, I'm certainly not betting against Bama. I'm just saying this Alabama team is constructed differently than any other Alabama team under Nick Saban. This Alabama team is really talented, one through 11 on defense, but they just don't act like. We, I am used to seeing Rashawn Evans as a backup linebacker. Yeah. And, 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 uh, Mac Wilson as a spe- like a, a a kickoff team guy, and you just like you just they run and and Duran Payne playing backup defensive tackle. You know what I'm saying? Like this team, I think doesn't have that at least right now. Like a guy like a Yabianoma on defense, like maybe he starts to it starts to click, and a couple weeks into the year, you're like, okay, well, there's the next freak show. Or, or maybe Ali Kaho, who's a five-star linebacker that came in 20 pounds underweight, maybe they get him rolling quickly and get back to physical. You know, he's a he's a, he's a, he's a second-string guy right now, inside linebacker as a as a true freshman that lost 20 pounds this summer. Like, so maybe so I'm not saying that like I, I can't change this position as Alabama develops over the course of the year because that's certainly possible. I just think this is a different defense in terms of the waves of talent that can come at you, and a different offense in terms of what it's capable of at the quarterback position and the skill positions. For winning picks and fantasy advice, go to Sportsline. They combine simulations with expert analysis to give you an edge all football season. Sportsline members get picks from experts, former handicappers, and computer simulations, and deep fantasy analysis covering who you should draft, who you should add, who you should start, and more. Plus, members have exclusive access to daily fantasy lineups from DFS millionaire Mike McClure. Join Sportsline today and get your first month for only $1. You can do so by using the promo code PASS at checkout. So just go to sportsline.com slash join, sportsline.com slash join, and enter promo code PASS, P-A-S-S, during payment to get Sportsline now for $1. Terms apply. Visit sportsline.com slash offer for details. All right, you ready to get to uh, Sportsline's Kenny White? Let's get it. It is my pleasure to welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast uh, from our partners at Sportsline. He is Kenny White. Kenny, what? Is, how are you doing, man? We we got football. It's on the tip of our tongue right now. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it's already here. I've been waiting for months. been working on it for months. You know, it's like, it's like the guys that are practicing 
Uh, they can't wait to see another color and play somebody else. I can't wait for the games to start. So I can just put that that early work behind me and start adjusting teams and watching games. And yeah, it's a great time of year. So I, I, go ahead, Barton. Well, I, you say you've been working on this for like what goes into y- your preseason prep? Like, are you are you setting some sort of power rankings? Is there some sort of mathematical formula you're you're inputting into? Like, what what goes into your preseason prep from a from a gambling perspective, uh, I'm I'm rating every player out on every team wow. to come up with a power, come up with an offensive and defensive power rating, a special teams power rating to get an ultimate overall team rating. So I know that power rating tells me the strength of that team. Um, and then and then from there, you know, it's you know sometimes I underrate a team, sometimes I overrate a team. Hopefully, most of the time I'm right on the. Uh, Teams I like to overrate are obviously teams that I think have good coaches. I think they're going to do well. Uh, teams I under try to try to underrate a little bit or be conservative on are teams with new coaches or bad coaches or uh, new coordinators, new new uh, new systems being put in place. So, you know, it's 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 three 130 teams, and it's a long process. Yeah. So you know, you kind of change your thinking. I try to change up. Sometimes I do. I'll do a couple teams from a conference and then I'll, I'll jump to another conference. And, and then I get afraid where I'm, I'm rating too many teams too high. Right. And then I'll try to go to some, then I'll try to go to some weaker teams that I know they're going to be bad and I'll, I'll rate them out. And it's, uh, and a lot of the work I tell people, it's like kind of putting a puzzle together. I do a lot of the work. I do that outside edge of the puzzle first. And then I start filling everything in the middle to complete it. And, um, that's, you know, kind of where I was this past week. I was just complete putting that last, piece of the puzzle in and uh and, you know so happy that uh that it's done and that work's done and now i can just you know watch the games and then adjust from there because you have to adjust those power ratings like i said the first game of the year um i i thought new mexico state was a little better than what they showed so i had to make an adjustment on their offense down um i had to adjust wyoming's defense up they were, they were much better than what i thought how does the, is there any team that you've noticed that has either in your power ratings or, or maybe this is uh, maybe it's not occurring in the power ratings, but uh, even in terms of favoritism with the public, is there any team that you could say right now uh, around Las Vegas seems to be trending in an upward direction where you, you all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the action, for example, maybe is not lining up with what you're seeing in the numbers. Yeah. Uh negatively um let me change that statement maybe just a positive move on a team maybe like wisconsin right people love wisconsin i I think wisconsin is really good football team but i have wisconsin ranked the 20th best team in the country wow uh that's a it's a very tough conference um ohio state and michigan i think are the best teams that conference and i think penn state's right there uh, in the middle of uh, I, I have been Michigan State and Wisconsin, so Penn State's in the middle of those four teams. Um, it's it's a real real good conference, but I think that's one team a lot of people are, you know, they think there's a Heisman Trophy winner, which I'm high on that as well. Taylor running back and a great offensive line, um, but I'm just not as sold maybe on the defense for Wisconsin as maybe other people are. Kenny, as we look at the like the week one betting lines and and i will want to definitely want to get your your favorites at some point just just in week one but I, more more sort of big picture 
30,000 foot view. Like one of the things that's always sort of intrigued me is how sports book to sports book, like the lines are always like, you know, maybe you get a half point here, a half point there. Why is there such consensus within Vegas on every game? Like it feels like with, with as much, like, are, is everyone using similar power rankings? Is everyone, like it just seems like to me intuitively every once in a while some sports book would just like a team a lot more than another sports book and maybe, or, or is it just that you're, you're always playing where the action is coming from and you're playing off the public more so than, than what your power ranks are? I'm just kind of curious why we always see such similar lines everywhere you look. Well, you, would, you would have loved it about 25 years ago when uh, there was no internet and everyone had to kind of do their own bookmaking and try to find, uh, make a phone call to get, get a set of numbers to put on the board and then start taking bets. And you, you would find differences everywhere. But in this day and age with the internet, everyone knows where everyone else is at and no one wants to be far from the market. So if yeah. you had a median number, and everybody wants to be within a bet of that market. And I, I don't blame them, but I, I agree with you. I think there should be more guys with an opinion and you should see more numbers that are differentiating from everybody else. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a math and it's a science and it's a job that, you know, everybody loves. If you're in sports, sports betting, everybody else that's, that's not, uh, doesn't have that job wants to have that job. So, you know, everybody enjoys it, and they don't want to lose the job. So, you know, a lot of bookmakers are very conservative. I'd say there's about 30% of bookmakers actually are aggressive. They go out there, they put their opinion in the line, they take a big bet, and then they move it to the money. Um, there's probably about 50% of bookmakers will move their line on just air because they see the rest of the other, those sharp bookmakers moving. So they'll move it without taking a bet sometimes. So, and, and as you talk about the line movement, and Chip knows this. Like, so we do our locks pod where we make our picks every Thursday. And one of my big, like, you know, I don't know, tent posts of 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 my philosophy. Like, what I look at is like, I'm a big like anti-public line movement guy. I always keep an eye on that. Like, when I see anti-public line movement, if I'm like, if I'm if I'm part of the public there, like, I'm worried. If I see it and I'm kind of already intrigued by a game, I might take a closer look. At, at, at going with Vegas on that one is, is am I overthinking it like is that actually something that I should be paying close attention to or is that just a myth and it's all going to come out the wash anyways I think if you're able to wait to the last second and and get on the bookmaker side at the best number in the long run you're going to make money and it's funny because I've had so many discussions about this uh Jimmy Vaccaro I talked to a couple weeks ago and he's like Kenny it it never changes he goes, these guys, the sharps come in, they make the bet, and then the followers come in and they bet. And it, it happens so often that the followers lose and the sharp guys that came in on the early number win. And it was several times we were talking to me, it was just preseason NFL football this was happening in. And I said, you're right, it's so amazing. They're, they're willing to lay that bad number. They were able to take three on a game on a Monday, and by Wednesday they're laying three. And it's a six-point difference. They're laying six points, the worst of it. And, and they'll, they've been doing it since time started of made, in, in betting with point spreads. And it's, it's amazing. But you're, you're, you're not going to make money in the long run betting against that move or betting with that move at that, yeah. that point. But yeah. you're right. Betting with it, taking the three, 
there's a little bit of value there. And, and, and every game is different. Cause I just, again, I talked to another buddy last night. Uh, he tried it with baseball last year and he said, I got completely demolished. Games were minus 50 moving to minus 90. He was taking plus 180. He says, I just got crushed. And I thought, you know what? Maybe there's two differences though. One is that's a, that's a money line sport that the guy's trying to pick a winner. He's trying to find value. Yeah, there's a point spread uh, sport. So it might be more valuable to take the points yeah. against those big moves, you know, you know, as lo- and, and wait as long as you can. You want to get that plus three instead of you see it move from minus three one way to minus one and a half the other way. Instead of taking that one and a half, let it try to keep going as far as it can go and then, you know, come back and take that good number. Yeah. You mentioned from there's uh, a lot of games though. You'd be betting a lot of games though if you do that. Yeah. There, there's you know there's if there's like sixty college games on the board this week, uh, you're going to see probably more than half of them move more than three points. Yeah, that's what they call bankroll management, right? That's right, exactly. Money management. Um, you mentioned uh, the sort of how things have changed since the internet. You you yourself have an extensive history. Uh, with bookmaking, what what was your background, and what are some of the ways that you've seen the industry change? Well, my my background was my dad moved here in 1968 just to bet sports, and I was five at the time, uh, learning uh, his systems and ratings. And I mean, he was the first one to rate individual players out. And that's how I got it, and it followed on kind of in his footsteps with this, and um, just learning how to, to to get power ratings. I think how the industry has changed. Um, there's been math guys that have gotten into the industry now cause they just love numbers and, and, and they're attracted to it. And baseball was the first game. Those numbers guys were attracted to cause there's so many, but now you've got sabermetric guys in all sports. They've made betting more difficult for the sports better because there's so many, so many of them out there giving their opinion on what they think the line is. It's made it easier for the bookmaker. Now the bookmakers have also, made it more difficult for the sports better because they've hired some of these math guys to work on their side. And and a lot of these math guys were betting, right? They were betting and they're making millions of dollars and the, and the bookmakers, and I'm talking about central America, gray area. They've said, Hey, I don't want to take your bets anymore, but listen, here's what I'm going to do for you. Come work for me. You make the numbers, let people bet. I'm going to give you a percentage of what we win. And I could make you more money that way than, than uh, what you were doing betting. And, uh, that's, you know, that's why the line has been, the line is even stronger this day and age. The, the, the theoretical hold has always been four and a half percent on a straight bet, but Nevada has never held that. They've always held about one, one and a half percent on straight bets, but that number's creeped up over the years as the overall hold percentage used to be four and a half, five percent is now six, six and a half percent in Nevada. So it's, it's, it's a more difficult game to beat. As we look ahead to the uh, the week one action, which of which of the games right now is uh, is tickling your fancy? On, on Saturday, you know it's a small school, uh, Texas State. I think this Everett Withers has done a nice job there. Um, they're really rated very low in in all the power ratings, and rightfully so, there because they're still building a program. But this guy's a really good coach. Uh, Rutgers has had some suspensions, some injuries. Um, I'm not sold on their head coach yet. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. You're asking a Rutgers team to cover, you know, two touchdowns. It's still a lot of points in that game. Um, uh, one I'm watching is uh, tomorrow. I'm waiting to see um, will the will the star quarterback Thorson play for for Northwestern? I made Northwestern six if he plays. I make Purdue one if he doesn't. 
such a big difference. I think he's going to play because I've seen the threes disappeared on Purdue. Um, but it's a game I played over in because with Thorson, if they, they think he's going to play, he's going to put points up and Purdue, Jeff Brom, he's an offensive guy and he, he's going to try to go up tempo and he's trying to try to get catch Northwestern off guard. And I thought 51 was a low total there. So um, I went over in that game and, and I like Tulane. Willie Fritz is a running, running coach came from Georgia Southern. Uh, they grind it out. They control the football and Wake Forest is playing without their quarterback Hinton is suspended for the first three games of the year. So those are yeah, three games that I'm, you know, zeroed in on right now. And I'm really looking at starting to look at Friday's board right now, trying to look at San Diego state and Stanford, which a game I'd really like to play Stanford, but I hate to lay double digits against San Diego state, but that revenge really makes me feel like the, the Cardinal will be ready but they play USC next week. So, yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm back, I'm back and forth, but I, I really think they're going to be ready for San Diego state. I think San Diego state is down just a touch from last year. Um, I think Stanford could bury them. Uh, but again, are they looking maybe more forward, forward to, to USC than, than, than burying San Diego state? What would you say in terms of uh, the, like, there, there are uh, a myths, and maybe they're not myths. They probably came from somewhere. But, you know, I've always heard about, you know, home field advantage being worth three points. What about something like a revenge factor? How much would you say that would be, would be worth in, in terms of a point spread? Well, let me give you this on home field advantage because this will be really helpful for anybody listening. That three points is an average number. So there's some teams that are zero and some teams that could be six or seven. Mm. And that all goes to how good the team is and their attendance and how many fans they have in the crowd. Because home field advantage in any sport comes down to one thing, how loud the crowd can be to get officials to make calls for their team. If there's no crowd support and nobody's yelling, the officials are going to call the game evenly. But if there's a crowd and it's crazy and they're yelling just naturally, they're human beings, they will make more calls for that home team than they will the road team because the crowd is yelling. Now, every once in a while, you're going to have that outlier that there's a guy that he wants to be booed, and, and he <laughs> will call against the home team because he loves to be booed. I, I've seen it in NBA. I see Major League Baseball home plate umpires that are great for the road team because they just love they love the booing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but the majority, the majority love to hear the cheers, and they will call for the home team. So – that home field advantage in all sports is just an average number. And the weaker the team is, the, the, the really the home field is zero. Um, the better they are, that home field could be six, seven points um, in football as well, uh, not just basketball. Basketball, um, like Duke, the Dukies, that, that uh, Cameron Indoor has always been worth seven and a half points to me. Wow. They're so good. Yeah. Um, Florida football, the Gators, when they were rolling and Urban Meyer was there, they destroyed everybody, and, and against non-conference foes, I had to give 10 points home advantage for the Florida Gators because they would destroy non-conference. So give me an answer on home field. Do not just use a blind number. Think about how good the teams are, and if the visitor is better than the, than the uh, home team, most of the time they're going to have the lead that takes the crowd out of the game. Unless you've got a great crowd and you know that they're going to be very loud, then, then you can give home field in that game. But um, be, be patient about that one. And now the other one was revenge. I, I've noticed over the years that the, the biggest revenge is when you lose on your home field. And then you play the other team on their home field. 
Um, it's kind of a letdown by one team and the other team's more focused. And um, I found it's about worth two and a half, three points wow. in that range that wow. you can give. Now, if you lose, if you lose um, at, at, you know, the other team's home field, you're kind of supposed to, and then you go home, you know, you want to win that game, but that road team, you know, you want to check the coach out, make sure he saw it on the road that he's got his team prepared. But, you know, most likely, you know, that, that type of revenge is, is, is really worth maybe a point at the most. So there are, there's some, you know, for week one, we still got a few premier matchups. Uh, we've got, oh, well, we got, you know, we got Washington, the best, Auburn. we got the best on, that's the best, ma- that's the best non-conference matchup you're going to see the entire season. I, I have in my power ratings, these two teams, Washington, I have third in the country and Auburn, I have fourth in the country. I think they're both teams that could play in the, in the championship series, but no team has ever won the title that's lost the first game of the year. So maybe they could both get in. Uh, could be a possibility, but that is the best non-conference game I think you're going to see all year, other than the national championship if we see Clemson and Alabama. So that line's probably right on then in your perspective in terms of you. sounds like you think they're pretty comparable. You kind of give Auburn two and a half points for a, a virtual home field advantage played as a neutral I'm not side. Giving, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not giving – I'm giving zero home advantage in that game. I have a – Actually, I have a pretty good. I have a play on Washington in the game because okay. I'm not giving home. I'm not giving home advantage. Um, the Washington Huskies will not be intimidated one bit by the crowd whatsoever. They're not playing on their home field. I know it'll be a biased crowd, but I think Washington's the better team. And I think coaching wise, who do you want to give a check mark to? Chris <laughs> Peterson or Gus Malzahn? We've talked about that one before. Yeah, I mean it's a no brainer. We. You look at Chris Peterson's bowl records and the teams he's beaten with lesser talent, he's going to have his team prepared way better than Gus Malzahn. Malzahn's good, and he's an offensive guru, but Peterson's great on both sides of the ball. So um, I think that's a a big advantage. I think it's a a two-and-a-half-point advantage after Peterson. So um, I actually made Washington four in the game. I think I've got a very good play on the Huskies. Nice. So – is that your best feel among the big ones? Because you also got Notre Dame, Michigan. You got Miami, LSU, Virginia Tech, Florida State. Um, is that sort of the game that among those high-profile top 25 matchups that you feel the best about? I think so, yeah, betting-wise right now. I feel yeah. uh, I, I wish I would add my work done a lot better when the early lines came out and was able to take a price with Michigan. Um, I have Michigan four points better than Notre Dame. So I really don't have a lot of value laying, you know, laying two here, one and a half, whatever the line is right now. Um, this is a gigantic game for both teams. And again, but I'm going to give a check mark to Jim Harbaugh over, over Brian Kelly, but I don't know how much, you know, I, I, yeah. I think Peterson over Malzahn was worth two and a half points to me, but Kelly um, is still a good coach. He's done a good job for Notre Dame, I think. And, and, and Winbush had a great start to last year. Then he got banged up. He played injured. A lot of people are down on him, but the kid's healthy. And Kelly said he has looked great and thinks he's going to have a great year for Notre Dame. And they've, they've got a really good team coming back. But I, I like Michigan's team a lot better. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him a point for Harbaugh and make the game five. And if it goes back down to pick, maybe. Again, this is one of those games that we talked about early that moves so much. Do you really want to get on it after you've missed the boat? And I could have taken, you know, at least I could have taken a field goal maybe, but I didn't have the work done at that time. And by the time I got the teams done, Michigan was the favorite. Ah, uh, blast. What about uh, the coach value right now of Willie Taggart? 
because there's the his his path to Florida State um, is is quite you know the, there's only the, a lot of small data points along the way. Um, like he's going up against Justin Fuente, another coach who is a young addition to the ACC, probably going to be there for a little while. You know, where where do you see the coaching matchup in that Monday night game? I like both guys. Um, you know, Fuente did a tremendous job at, at Memphis. And a lot of times this happens that these guys are able to win in the smaller conference because the talent level isn't as high. And to out-recruit everybody else, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty decent margin sometimes. You just could out-recruit people and beat them. You may not need to out-coach them because you've just got better players. Now when they're in a better conference, different story everybody's got great players and now it's the guy that can actually coach the most on the field. So, you know, still trying to get a feel for both these guys, uh, if, if they can do it or not, because they've Taggart did it with the, with, with the, I can't think of the second guys, the name at, at Oregon, but you know, kind of a chip Kelly uh, recruiting system in Oregon. They, they still had great players there when Taggart went in um, and he had a great quarterback in a bear. So, uh, he's got an outstanding team this year. Florida state's really good. Um, I think they're getting undervalued. Um, mm. but let's see if he can, you know, let's see if he can coach. I know he's brought a lot of uh, enthusiasm. Everybody's fired up there and he's been a, a positive guy and the players love him right now, but let's see where they go in a couple of weeks when he's making decisions on the field, if he's making the right decision, because if he does, he, he's got a team that can, you know, they're going to battle. They're they're the second best team in the ACC, I think, or maybe third. Florida, Miami, Florida's really good too. Mark Rick's done a great job recruiting there, and their quarterbacks, I, uh, one of the better guys in the country. That you know, I know a lot of people know he's good, but he's really good. I think he's an NFL guy actually. Wow. How about that? Uh, He is Kenny White. He is the Wizard of Odds. And if you sign up for a Sportsline membership, which, of course, remember, we've got the offer code there for you, then uh, you will be able to get all of his picks across the many sports. Uh, Kenny, you are so kind with your time. Thank you so much for visiting us here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. 